This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode, uh, tell him one more time, 207, I think it is, uh, of uh, Breaking Bank Europe uh, in this series, uh, Conquest, where we interview the best scumbaters, the most entertaining and uh, also successful ones. We have to with us today, uh, Dayo, that is from Canada. Welcome to, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Roberto. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, our pleasure, our honor to have you with us. Um, yeah, let, let, you know, I would like to understand what there is behind the scene of all you, we we see in YouTube, everything that you do. So uh, where are you getting inspired to do this thing? Why? Is something happened to you that you wanted to give back or take revenge? What happened? Yeah, so uh, I think if you roll back, I think it was back in like 2016, uh, someone that I knew was actually being catfished online. And they had no idea. And I remember that that we exchanged a few messages. And then um, another friend of mine sent me a, a, a picture of, I guess, their uh, that friend's Facebook saying that they had been in, that they were engaged all of a sudden. And so I was like, what? Like, they just came out of nowhere. So I messaged her and I said, you're engaged? And she said, yes. You know, I met the man of my dreams. And there was this whole thing that she was kind of uh, saying, but she she gave no indication that she was even in a relationship at all. And so um, that mutual friend said, I'm pretty sure she's being catfished. And I said, I didn't even know what that meant. Uh, I didn't know anything about that kind of stuff. And so we started doing some investigating and we ended up finding the person who the scammer was impersonating the real name and we found uh we showed it to her and she denied everything she said no there's no way that's not that's someone else that's faking and uh i mean it was just really heartbreaking to see how much i guess the scammer had really gotten into her heart and then uh eventually we showed her other uh like evidence i guess you could say that it was in fact a scam and she just broke down crying and and just was really, really heartbroken. And so that was kind of like my introduction to the fact that people did scams. Um, recently, I was looking through some of my old emails and uh, a lot of junk emails from like 20, 2009, 2010 that I found where there was like, I you know, an inheritance of millions and millions of dollars. And I was like, oh, I never even saw these, you know, because they went straight into my spam. <laughs> um, but then as time went on, I actually had an app on my phone where you could listen to a bunch of different radio stations throughout Canada. And I came across a radio station that said that the Canada Revenue Agency scammers had called them and they gave out the phone number on the radio and said, give them a call and then let us know how it goes. And so I gave the I gave I gave it a call and I just wanted to do like a really quick prank call. 
And the scammer started swearing at me like crazy. So I called the radio station back and said, hey, the scammer like really lost it on me because I was doing some accents. And they said, wait, you do accents? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, can you do a call for us tomorrow? So they called me back the next day. And my very first scam bait call, uh, I actually just released a video on my YouTube channel about doing um, being on the radio. And, and <laughs> that was that was my first full like scam bait call where I actually wasted a significant more amount of time than like 10, 12 seconds that I had previously. So um, and then that was kind of like the catalyst where I was like, oh, I could actually I could actually prank call scammers like all the time. Right cool. Like my friends knew that I would, I could do prank calls. And so I just said, well, why don't I put that talent towards calling scammers and wasting their time and trying to protect people? Like I remember my friend, you know, I remembered what happened yeah. to her. So that was kind of like the motivation for me. That's very good. Then at the same time, you entertain people because uh, some, uh, some characters are uh, very, very interesting and very funny. How you get inspired right. to do these characters. I mean, I saw you pretended to be a famous soccer player, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I pretend to be messy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I just think of, um, uh, you know, I always, you know, obviously, uh, I, because I can do accents that to me, the accents are not what's funny. What's funny to me is the character behind that, right. uh, behind that accent. And so I just try to create, uh, you know, situations or, or sayings that would uh, help people remember uh, that call. And so that way it reminds them, uh, I just want to educate people through that way. And I find like through humor is usually a pretty good way for people to remember some stuff. So I try to do that. Absolutely. And uh, is particularly memorable moments is something that really uh, surprised you, like uh, the, the scammer really fell for it uh, or uh, went along uh, trying to get money, but anyway, drag it in a way that was funny. What, what, what is the most uh, peculiar uh, situation you've been living? So... That, that's a great question. I, I don't know that I can pinpoint one specific one, but there is one that comes to mind almost immediately every time someone asks me that. And that would be one that I did. Uh, this is before I um, before I started uh, doing making videos where I was on camera, I believe. And uh, it was one where I made a call with another uh, scam baiter based out of the UK. Uh, his name is Adam IRS IREX Scammers. And he basically had me, uh, we were doing like a, a joint call together and the scammer told me that my IP address had been hacked. And so uh, I pretended to not understand what IP address meant. I'm, I, I told him that IP here. So <laughs> why someone in my home? But I, how can they hack me? I only pee here. I pee here in my home. Mm -hmm. And the scammer like didn't get the play on words that I was doing, which is usually what I try to do is play on words that they say or something along right. those situations. And, uh, and anyway, so, um, it, to me, it was just funny at the time that he didn't catch on to IP. And so, but the audience was having a hoot, which was always, uh, which was always fun. So, right. What kind of scam are the one that you are more uh, into trying to stop or that are uh, the one that upset you the most? Okay. Uh, well, there. I would say that they're different uh, as far as the ones that upset me the most. Uh, definitely the ones where people are, um, uh, like like extortion scams are really scary, and they're really, um, uh, those are the ones that upset me the most. But those are really hard to come by unless someone is providing you that phone number for that particular scammer. So, uh, for example, 
I, I had a cartel scam where what they would do is they would actually send you uh, basically uh, pictures of body parts. And they would tell you that if you didn't pay up, that they this was going to happen to you and your family. And they, yeah, and they have, because in the United States, it's really easy to find information about people. Um, these scammers would have information about you know, your family members, uh, they would say, if you don't pay the $3,000, we're going to end up, you know, taking care mm -hmm. of this person in your family. And they would name the person in the, in, you know, in the person's family. And so, uh, they sent me, uh, another scambator sent me the phone number to this cartel scam. Mm -hmm. And that scam to me, uh, was one of like the more scary ones, the, the sextortion types of scams too. Those are, those are always really scary, but I don't find myself really calling those very often because again, uh, coming by those phone numbers are, is typically pretty hard. Um, I do call mostly, I would say like tech support scams or refund scams. Uh, those are really, really big and fairly common, you know, like the Norton fake Norton scams, fake Amazon, fake PayPal, uh, fake Microsoft, th those kinds of scams are fairly common. So I enjoy calling them because I can waste some of their time. But um, the ones that get me upset are really the extortion ones. Yeah, I see. I, I incredibly, I never heard something so, you know, so bad, so visual, like uh, body parts. And uh, yeah, uh, and there must be, you know, considering that most of the time the victim of those scams are people that is a little bit fragile and not really, uh, you know, consistent to understand that uh, something is, uh, you know, can be potentially fake is not to be worried about. With the technology that is coming up now, we are in a, in a moment where whatever we see and we hear, unless we are touching with our own hands or hearing with our own ears, we cannot believe it anymore. And uh, the culture gap between uh, what people understand now and what people have no minimum idea it could exist. Uh, so people of a certain age or not too much tech savvy uh, are scammer adopting this new technology you think in the next future is going to get worse and worse oh yeah definitely definitely i mean just in the last i don't know i've been doing this for almost six years um i, I i've i've seen the the evolution the the i get in a way like it sounds really bad to say but the growth of the scamming industry I, i've seen how sophisticated it can get and i think with technology like ai uh yeah it gets it can get pretty pretty scary. I've seen people um, uh, sharing their stories of how uh, someone cloned their family member's voice and said, you know, I'm being held hostage. Can you please, you know, send the money and blah, blah, blah. And some people do, um, you know, because at the time, if they catch you in that heightened state, they, the, um, you, you're, you're, you're scared, you, you, you know, you don't use your critical thinking skills as well. And so a lot of people just fall for scams because of that kind of thing. But if we kind of just step back, calm ourselves down, hang the call up, call our actual person who told us that they were, they were, you'd realize that, oh no, they're actually not kidnapped or they're not, you know, in any kind of danger. Um, the grandparent scam has the same kind of um, thing to it where they call and pretend to be your grandson or your grandchild um, or your son or your daughter, or, you know, like that kind of thing. They, they can, they can copy your voice and yeah, that's the technology is, is it's going to get more, and more and more sophisticated and scarier. So the first lesson is uh, don't fall for the rush of doing things immediately. Yeah. Uh, stop uh, 
uh, take a deep breath and evaluate things, uh, try to contact the people. And uh, this is important to say, uh, mostly um, because grandpa, grandma are hardly following uh, YouTube channels, uh, and uh, but the people that is close to them do. So whoever is listening and has uh, older parents or grandparents, uh, is a silly, strange conversation to have to them, but uh, just go to them and say, hey, if I suddenly call you with an emergency, asking you money urgently, please uh, wait, uh, hang up, call me directly and check. Yeah. This can save uh, really people from losing money or getting worried for no reason, because sometimes it's not even the money, it's the anxiety that uh, these older person have, uh, are living for hearing these, these terrible things on the phone. And Yeah, I was just going to say, I think there's, it depends on the scam. Like some scammers really, uh, like the tech support and refund scams, um, where they threaten you with arrest and a bunch of other things that you've done. Um, those ones have like a sense of urgency really, really attached to it. But then there are like the other types of scams, like the romance scammers, who they take their time really, really developing a relationship with you over four or five months. months because they have they have so many people on the go at the same time. So they 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 literally take their time. And I think it's important for people to kind of understand that too. It's like, yes, there's a sense of urgency with some types of scams, but other scams, these scammers are socially engineering you to the point where uh, they get you to fall for but a, a it, fake persona. Look, I entertain several of those myself, okay? Mm -hmm. And doxed them, uh, I geolocated them, uh, clearly know that they are the scammers. So there was no doubt. And they go ahead for months, really, without uh, uh, pushing you to do anything particular for them. Actually, they are they seem generous potentially is is interesting and even knowing those are scammers when at the end uh, i close the things because uh, you know i expose them i say hey you are not what you say you're here etc cetera, etc cetera, and, and they disappear i feel like an empty part because uh, this person really is 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 dangerous mentally because what i'm trying to say that even knowing that it's a scam you still get attached to this uh, strange relationship that there is with a fake person right and uh, and can you imagine if you actually believe that the thing is actually true is uh, is this why people uh, there are the two aspects of shame and uh, on one side and and uh, disbelief you know desire not to believe that this was not true and and yeah. they keep people even when you tell them to fall more and more into it so it is it they're very very bad it is it's said that there are no legislation and law that can actually do something to yeah yeah i agree i agree i had a i had a scammer on the hook for 20 months so yeah he he was a, a grant scammer based out of nigeria and um, he told me that I'd won, you know, some money and whatever, or, you know, I needed to get a grant from the government and I just had to pay a fee. Uh, for 20 months, I, I never paid the fee. <laughs> uh, I just kind of, something always kept coming up, something always kept happening. But I, I was able to get him to go on camera about five times with me, um, which was, uh, you know, uh, for me, it was like a really cool achievement because normally... If we get them to go on camera, it's the one time the scammer realizes that you're, you know, you're a scam baiter or you're just pulling their leg. Um, but with this guy, like I kind of made him go on camera like quite often. And I could see that I had to basically act like they do. I had to create this, um, I had to keep him going, basically, right? So um, and 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 reporting 
even though I had his face reporting him, it's not crime. You know, they come back and say, yeah, he didn't steal any money. He's just, there's no crime there. And I always think of, um, I think of people who rob a bank, right? Um, and they fail. So they attempt to rob the bank. Well, you get arrested for attempted robbery. All right. Right. That, that's a case, crime. Yes. How is this not a crime? I, I don't right. understand it, but I mean, it is what it is. And we kind of have to work around what the law is and right. do our best to try to expose them as much as we can. And waste their time as much as possible. Mm-hmm. There is a large community. I saw you working with Trilogy Media with uh, many other uh, and uh, the, the the call center. Uh, there is uh, a lot of interesting cooperation. You had a particular experience that you particularly love in working with other scumbaiters? Yeah, I mean, just, just understanding that, uh, you know, we all have different skill sets and we all have different strengths. Uh, and I think actually, I think a lot of us really do complement each other in in the way that we can work together. Um, and so, yeah, going to something like the the People's Call Center uh, was was really cool to see just because we all have, again, different um, styles and different approaches. And for me, I, I don't think... I don't think one is better than the other. I just think we're all very different and unique and we bring our own flavor to be able to show people how scams work. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, this is not the kind of business that you're stealing client from another. It doesn't really, it's really a cooperative thing. I'd be surprised. Right? <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> Viewers move from one to another. But I saw so many cooperation between uh, many that there are some of the scumbaiters that are more known as a guest of other scumbaiters than in their own channel, right? So right. It's, a, it's an interesting way also to support because at the end of the day, it becomes so deep that it becomes a job. It's like a full-time job for many scumbaiters that uh, the duties right. to, you know, some are making big money, some are making less, but uh, it becomes uh, something interesting. Then it becomes a competition who is more entertaining, who is more, uh, you know, while bringing. So it's a very, it's like a dual face kind of things, right? It's a very interesting aspect. Uh, yeah. It's for you something that uh, consume a lot of energy is worth it, how, how you live it. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, it's, it's hard for me, just my schedule. I mean, I, you see here with us trying to schedule this, um, it's, it's really, it just depends on how my schedule is going, um, in a particular day or a particular week. If I have a couple of like, if I have like an hour, half an hour, or a couple of hours to be able to call scammers, then I take, I take advantage of that situation as much as I possibly can, just because I know that, um, doing so, um, is hopefully preventing the scammer from talking to a real victim. And so um, I can't say that I um, look at it as a, as a full-time job. Um, I mean, I would love to do something like this and be creative like 24-7 if possible. But uh, having a family and having other obligations definitely um, plays into that whole situation and, and uh, you know, making sure that I'm keeping my priorities straight as well and not... Uh, over um overdoing or overthinking or being consumed by uh scam baiting 24 7 either absolutely that is more in life than just doing that for sure yeah. uh, but <laughs> Um, yeah, I, what are the, the strategies that you put in place in your uh, scam baiting work? What are the, you know, psychological maybe or even technical uh, aspect, the strategies that you that you find that are the best one to use with scammers? So I often uh, try to, so I have a couple of different approaches when it comes to scam baiting uh, that I use for myself. Again, I can't speak for everyone else. This is just kind of like 
in, in my, my situation or my view. But um, if I'm doing prank calls, meaning I'm calling, const- I'm calling the scammer constantly to really get under their skin so it puts them in a state of uh, being paranoid. Right. Is right. the next call that we're going to get, is that another prank, someone pranking us again? Uh, you know, if I get them swearing, I, I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you talk to someone and they just say something that really gets under your skin and it really bothers you the rest of the day. All right. That's kind of what I think of when I do prank calling, I, I, putting them in that situation when they putting them in the situation where they constantly think of, man, this is. Ah, oh, that guy, I hated that guy, you know, like, oh, you know, just take up in the, be in their mind kind of thing. Right. So I think that approach can really work the, the prank calling and all that kind of stuff. Then there's the other aspect where I think of trying to gather information, trying to get, uh, get information like a bank account to report or a phone number to report or, um, a remote access connection that they're using to report or a website. When I think of those things, I think, okay, I always say, don't break kayfabe, which just is, I like wrestling, uh, like professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so that's a term that is used in professional wrestling, which just means don't break character, right? Breaking right. character means that they're going to catch on that, oh, this person was baiting me the whole time. Whereas if I don't break character, then they think it's a real victim and they want to keep right. talking to me. And so uh, that's kind of what uh, what I how I approach it. I just think of don't break character unless of course I'm doing a prank call or if I realize that it's not going to go anywhere else after this point, then I'll break character. And so, yeah, that's kind of like my approach to, to it. Just trying to get as much information as I possibly can. So there is one uh, other competitor, Chappy, that uh, she works on the breaking characters from uh, being the potential victim to start insulting them uh, in a way that is uh, right. outrageous uh, that I think is the biggest, uh, uh, you know, reason why people like to watch uh, uh, her video. Now, I can ask you one thing that is really curious uh, and is quite unique to you. Where is the day your name come from, if I may ask? What, what is the, the origin? Uh, why you choose this name? What is your name? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, yeah, it was just something that, like, um, I'm a big fan of a show. I don't know if you've heard of Beetlejuice. Um, yeah. But there's there's a song called The Banana Boat Song, which is, it goes, Deo, Deo, okay. Daylight, come and me one go home. And so uh, I just, I was a fan of that uh, song and uh, I realized that if I, I want to have something catchy. And so, uh, but I also didn't want to uh, use the same lettering as that song, because then if someone were to try to look me up on YouTube, all they would find yeah, is the banana boat song. Right. So yeah, so I just changed the uh, one letter so that it just stuck out a little bit different. Okay. I cannot see this now. Every time I see your name now, I have a musical in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. there are many other people we've been doing this thing. Okay, so is there a particular message uh, that you want to share? Because consider our show is uh, a little bit outside, it's on finance, uh, in uh, uh, fintech, uh, but this is the uh, financial crime is a very important aspect. So this oh, yeah. goes to viewers that work in finance uh, and then can uh, help, uh, you know, bring the message to people that can be potentially victim or themselves or they can be useful. In the, what is your message to this, uh, to our audience? Perfect. Uh, great question. So if someone works in like the financial industry, um, I would say I think there needs to be more done in the banking industry, for example, to weed out whether someone is being scammed or not. I think there there needs to be a way for people to be able to recover their money in case they are scammed. 
Um, I always think of, you know, when I think I don't have any money on me, but in Canada, our money says this note is legal tender, right? And that's when you have a physical bill that you hand over to someone, that's an exchange of money. But when you do things online, there's no physical money being exchanged. It's all digital. And so uh, the way that I always look at it is I think the financial companies who, you know, um, have their clients who are losing money to scams, the, the financial companies can claim those as losses to them if they restore that money. Uh, so I don't know why they don't necessarily do that. Typically, banks are trying to find ways to <laughs> reduce or pay the least amount of money to the government or whatever. So I don't, I don't know why uh, that isn't in place. But I think if there there could be a way uh, set up for um, you know people in the industry in that industry to be able to ask. Uh, questions, more probing questions, um, questions that would help uh, a victim maybe feel more comfortable in disclosing that they in fact are being scammed. Or if they don't know that they're being scammed, that somehow some way the questioning could lead to you finding out that they are being scammed. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's one thing that the financial industry, I think, could do a lot better. Um, And then the with regards to someone who is a uh, you know, to prevent from themselves from being scammed or is a victim of scams. Um, again, I go back to what I was saying earlier, depending on the type of scam, um, you know, don't, don't, um, I find that there's, there's two things that as humans, like we tend, we kind of tend to respond to, uh, curiosity and greed. And sometimes we get offered things like double your money with this crypto. And I mean, this is, for example, it's riddled all over YouTube, um, with, influencers who are like, Hey, I'm coming out with like a coin or, um, ads on YouTube that, you know, are like bat, like a fake Elon Musk voiceover or something along those lines that lead to, uh, being scammed through crypto, for example. And so I, I, I guess what I would say is do your due diligence before parting with your money, like really, really Mm. investigate something. Don't feel like people have that FOMO, the fear of missing out, right? They, they just, when I get in right away and that's kind of where sometimes people's greed can kind of come in, um, be more curious, you know, uh, do more research, uh, find out more, um, uh, research the individual that is offering, uh, the crypto stuff, right? Uh, personally, I don't, I don't particularly like crypto, but I know that a lot of people think the, uh, with different conspiracies and like, oh, the government can't control my money, blah, blah, blah. Let's go through crypto. Um, so in, in that sense, like I, I understand where people are coming from, but at the same time, it's like you're taking a big risk because these people often are not licensed people. There are people who just see online. There's really nothing there to protect you. And so just do more research. Again, the stop, think, Use your critical thinking skills right. before you part away with money. And um, yeah, that, that would be some advice that I would say I would give. That's fantastic. And uh, I hope that this is going to be just this interview, save a few other potential victims from falling victim in a way, direct or indirect. Thank you again for being with us and for everybody else. Stay tuned. We're going to come back with more fantastic interview in Conquest. Thank you again uh, for being with us, Dayo. Till the next time. Thanks, Roberto. I appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.